the BHB, bald-headed beauty. Love this guy. Phil Collins, you're back. I'm back. It's been a long time, buddy. Yes, it has. Since we've done our original format. Although, really, this isn't even that. Because we're on like an area on tangent. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking, actually, before the show. I wanted to tell you. Hopefully, you're cool with it. What do you say after we do Human Equation 1 and 2, we go back and we'll throw in a, a just a rando recommendation and go back to the old, old school before we pick up with 01011. How do you feel about that? No. All right. Well, we'll finish up with the Arion Chronicles then because you're a real <laughs> dick. No, we should, we should do that. I have one in mind I was thinking about today. All right. Perfect. Well, that works out great then because I got a couple. I got like a whole freaking list. I'm, that's why I, I've, I felt that way because I feel like I got a whole stockade building up. Yeah, a whole lot. Like blue balls over here on the freaking list of albums I got to unload on your face and forehead and stuff. I, I got a couple that, you know, they're sort of obvious, but if we're doing a great heavy music podcast, they got to be on the podcast at some point. Post-2000? So. Yeah. All right, okay. I'm, I'm for it. For sure. Underneath, our listeners can hear day one vigil of Arion Human Equation and... Because I'm an old school guy and I got my badass new car with my CD player in it, I've been listening to the physical disc that I've had since like 10th or 11th grade, I think now. Damn, buddy. That's yeah. awesome. Old school. This, this came out in 2004, The Human Equation. We're on The Human Equation by Arion. If you haven't, if you randomly picked this episode to start with, I'm not sure why, but welcome. This is the Great Heavy Music Podcast and we've been doing the Arion Chronicles. Arion, A-Y-R-E-O-N, brainchild of Aryan Lucasen, Dutch, I would call, Beethoven of the modern era, and particularly of metal. And we're on the he's human... Definitely, Go ahead. Yeah. No, so he's definitely a fucking genius, for sure. And I like that we called him Arjun until we interviewed him. I like to think there's like a little bit of, at least on my end, I think maybe on yours, like, oh, I should probably stop doing that because his name is fucking Aryan, and that's how he said it. And you almost feel like you're defying him if now at this point you still say Arden. Like yeah, he no. basically come on. We gotta you know. That you know, dude deserves for, the respect. If his name was pronounced yeah. Bung Hul, I would say it just like that. <laughs> exactly. Even though for like twenty years I've been saying Arden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go right to saying Arden. Yep. No, that guy's a legend. He deserves every bit of the credit. I love this guy. Can't wait to go to Holland this September and see them do the zero one zero one one album live. It's gonna be freaking amazing. My kids are pumped. It's Avery's favorite band now, so life is good over here. Yeah, it's really cool. That's pretty, That's cool that you got him into that, huh? Yeah, he actually asked for it. Every time he gets in the car, he's like, can we listen to that one song? And like he'll say, it's inevitably, it's like uh, River of Time or uh, I'm closed in by Iron Gates from Into Electric Castle. Iron Gates. He loves that one. He loves When the Druids Turn to Stone. He loves a bunch of them on, on Human Equation. I think this is his favorite. And um, Human Equation is a fucking hit after hit yeah man let's just jump right into what is your overall impression let's not wait to the very end what you know we've gone now what 20 years listening to this pretty much and Mm -hmm. i know you and i both kind of felt like it was all the way up at the tip top mount rushmore of this catalog did it hold up to you uh yeah it did i would still put it on probably any mount rushmore i don't think it it's not necessarily gonna be my number one he's my favorite album of all time for so long it's probably not that, but it's still right up there, man. It's like, it's like Joe Montana got bumped off by Tom Brady, but like, it's still Joe Montana. Yeah. You know what I mean? Still a fucking Well said. Legend. Yep. Yep. So. And now, 
Are you talking about all albums of all genres, or are you just saying in the Arion catalog it may not uh, have I'm, top? I'm going all albums, and certainly I'm still going to hold up. Well, I haven't. Now, there is an Arion album that I haven't really listened to, so I'm feeling reluctant to say that. But well, I, I don't want to ask about that. I mean, we haven't gotten there yet. We've done so far, you know, the final know, experiment, actual I fantasy. Make them yeah, and then we've done, you know, in Electric Castle. And now we're on this one. How would you say of those four, top one? Yeah, top one of those four. Yeah. I agree. I agree. This this is one where I went back and listened to it, and then I just was reminded of why I love it so much. There's so many good moments, so much quality, and every song presents something unique and awesome. The story is so fucking relatable and cool and just I really don't like there's not even something I could critique about it like if anybody were listening to this episode and thinking oh I wonder if they're going to have a shot to take nope don't waste your time just go ahead and turn it off and go listen to this album instead of this episode because it's great everything's great yep I'm pretty much just going to jock it uh, I think too it's probably well I guess we can, I don't know if you want to just go along with it as we play the songs but I think it's his most refined up until this point. You know, it's just when he gets the cleanest. And Electric Castle was a big jump, I thought. Definitely, uh, you know, progressed into what it felt like a mature, serious artist. This to me is like a guy who's found his footing completely. This is home run. This is when you get up to, pl- to the plate and you're like, you know, you're hot shit and you just bang a homer. And, exactly. And, it's like, yeah. And then also, yeah. you know, if you look at the back of the album itself, you got the pictures of the guys and gals who were yeah. on the album. And it's just part of the reason this one's so perfect is it's got James Labrie, lead singer of Dream Theater. Michael Ackerfeld, lead singer of Opeth. Eric Clayton, don't know. Fucking great song. Great voice. Though. Heather Finley, Irene Jansen, who went to go with Nightwish and some other ones. Magnus Ekwall, Devin Graves. Devin Graves is awesome. Uh, Marcello Bovio, Arjen Lucasen, Mike Baker of Shadow Gallery. Devin Townsend of obviously Devin Townsend Project and yeah. uh, Strapping Young Lad, Ed Warby, great drummer, mm. always been on all his stuff. There's so many talented musicians on this album. It couldn't be bad. Yeah, and I wanted to take a quick shout out to Shadow Gallery. So, very good band. Anyone listening to this should definitely check them out. Just, the we, we know that Opath the Truth Theater, but Shadow Gallery needs some recognition. With the fingers in everybody's pie. <laughs> that's my favorite Shadow Gallery line. <laughs> All right, so... Um, that's from Tyranny, if anyone wants a little bit of callback there. You know what? There was a... This, uh, just When you said James Labrie, it reminded me of a funny pose I saw, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago about Dream Theater. And this guy was like, Mike Portnoy is a god. John Petrucci is a god. James Labrie is Canadian. <laughs> I don't know why they <laughs> shit on Canada, but it was it was so good. <laughs> well, why why don't we get into the story now? I mean, for those of you who do okay, not okay. know, what's the premise of the album, Phil? It's about a guy who um, he I th- he finds out he finds out his best friend is cheating on, or his wife is cheating on him with his best friend, and. You know, his, he's always been kind of depressed, um, like, a, like a corporate whore, but like an empty kind of life. And so he basically decides to kill himself. And he drives purposefully into a tree. And he doesn't die. He goes into a coma. And while he's in the coma, he's confronted by all of his emotions, which are represented by different singers. 
and the storyline is basically two two settings one inside him confronting his emotions him being james labrie that's who represents him and then the other uh, setting is outside where it's his wife and his best friend at his bedside at the hospital and that's basically it it starts off it goes through his whole life and you know he had a rough childhood abusive father and school was kind of rough for him and then he learned to just kind of be an asshole it, that's what i got from him. he's like an alpha male type like i'm just gonna fucking go hard uh but he kind of i guess never really thought about what he was doing with his life he just went straight into being you know corporate maniac bam 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 and then uh you know different parts of his life fell away and there you go that's it I'm not gonna. Ending, I'm not gonna blow you, but that was a really good synopsis. Like for just Thanks. off the rip like that. That's you nailed it, buddy. And I tell you, as the as the tracks unfold, we're doing disc one today. Disc one opens with day one vigil that we've already heard. That's where it's kind of like this. You hear the heartbeat monitor of the hospital room, and the best right. friend and wife are kind of standing by his side, just looking down at him in so many ways. And then day two is isolation. That's the first time. He and Reason, Pride and Love all kind of confront one another. And that's a great, great track. What are your thoughts on once you know you kind of first get to the first true song, Eight Minutes, Day Two, Isolation? What do you think of that one? I think this is this is the top three on the album. Because I think it hits you right off the bat. It's got a, a wonderful synth intro that or I guess it's synth. It might, it, I can't tell what it is, but sort of dreamy you know you know you're in some kind of other world yeah and uh and so it sets the stage perfectly um just if you got rid of all the music or all the lyrics and all the singing this would be still a great prog album the music itself is so tight and you know how to tell the story with just the music because when it hits that dun 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 that's really catchy it's got like an organ in the back so it's operatic you know this is serious. You know, you know this is grand. Uh, but it moves it right along. It's a tight... Even with 8 minutes and 42 seconds, it's pretty tight. So I, I think it's just a perfectly balanced... When Irene... prog song. When yeah, Irene so. Jansen or Irene Jansen comes in, she's passionate and she sings, Can't you feel it burn deep down inside? Won't you ever learn? Don't try to hide. That's such a catchy spot. That first part yeah. of that song always... It just pops back up into your head randomly, and you're like, God, I love that song. And that's, in fact, one of Avery's parts. He always can we listen to that song with a, can't you feel it burn deep down inside? He loves that part. Okay, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, she, so, I mean, because right off the bat, you get Michael Ackerfeld and then Irene Jansen, and just two great singers. And she comes out, he was such a fury. You're like, oh, wow. She shows you right off the bat what she's going to be doing on this album. Yep. And then you and move into, she's you got roll, the vocals for it. Then you roll into day three, Pain, which is Agony who's played by Devin Graves from Dead Soul Tribe. Really cool, oh, yeah. cool just kind of like, I mean, he's just got that, I don't even know how to describe it perfectly, but it's just a cool, he just sounds like the coolest guy on earth the way he sings. Yeah, you know what, he has like a, uh, to me he has a natural, this is sound like a, uh, uh, an insult, but it's not like a whiny, tone, or whiny is not the word, wounded tone in his voice. And so he was a perfect choice for pain. I'm sure he turns it on a little bit for the, you know, for the role. But the way he's just, he can be gr- serious and grave, no pun intended. Right. And then um, <laughs> he can be serious and Devin Graves. No, but then he can, <laughs> um, he can also just be 
very wounded and upset. And guys, uh, nails the tone of the song. Remind me if I don't mention it later, but this particular singer is something that makes me reflect on how many other offshoot bands, like you mentioned Shadow Gallery and all these others we have, that I thank Ari and Lucasen for oh, yeah. introducing me to so, by way of their performances on his albums. Because, hell yeah. man, a lot of great music spawned from my exploration of these other bands. Psychotic Waltz got a couple yeah. great albums. Fuck yeah. And they're still making wow. new music. And it came out one like two years ago that was strong. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, um, oh, how about the part and towards the end? Because it goes in that little flute. It's like, well, it's a violin, but it's a flute. And then, and then love comes in. And it's like, uh, said, I can't accept this. So we'll find a way. And then Devin Townsend screams pain. Oh, yeah. Love, it like interrupts her. It, inter- it like interrupts her. That's exactly how your emotion, how your thoughts and emotions, that's how they occur inside you, right? Just yes. completely interrupted. There's no respect between them. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're finished. I'm going to come in with what I'm thinking. Yep, right around here, yep. Anyway, with a shout out to everyone. And there's just, as you said, even the vocals aside, the musicianship is unmatched. Even though I think Indie Electric Castle had probably similar quality. I don't know that this production is necessarily better per se, but I found I find these songs more engaging all from start to finish, I think. Like I don't ever kind of wander as I did a little bit with Into the Electric Castle on some tracks. And I think it's a and it's probably because of you know the concept album but, or the concept around which it's based, but it's it's a little more well balanced. It doesn't. It's not as. It's not so ethereal and atmospheric. You're right. You have to wait for anything to happen. And I love just how relatable it and humanistic it is. I and mean, we move from there to day yeah. four mystery, where you're back now to the you know um, the re- the the Earth side, I suppose you could say. And yeah. So wife, trying to figure out what happened to him. Right. Wife and best friend are you know having a conversation of, do you think he's seen it? Do you think he knows it? Do you think he's been there? Do you think he'll die? And they're just, you know, basically trying to talk to each other about what the hell is going on. Yep. And this is a fun, eerie song. At that, in the background, it's 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 something you would, you know, if you're watching a murder mystery and he was going through the suspects in his head, it's something like that. It's it's called mystery, yes, and the music is done perfectly to sort of bolster that. It's it's a really cool song. It took me a long time to love this song. For I used to I used to skip this and go right to. Um, day five right into it i would never listen to this until like not never but uh, rarely and then probably three years after i got into this album i just gave it a shot like a real shot again and i was like god i can't believe i've been sleeping on this for so long i'm sure you told me but i know you introduced this album to me and then that was a total game changer in my metal trajectory but where did you hear about it? online i would imagine yeah i used to go to and i still occasionally do go to a, a message board I want to say called Game Facts. That's FAQ. Uh, um, it's a, it used to be. It's a, it still is a video game board where you get cheat codes. Blah 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 blah. But they had all these social boards, and they had the one about metal. And I used to go on there, and everyone on there's a snobby dick. They really are. But the only thing. Wait wait wait. What? Say, what? Is, yeah. Everyone on there is kind of like a snobby. Oh oh. I thought you said a zombie there. dick. I was like, what's a zombie dick? I got you. Okay. Yeah. Everyone on there has a. I've seen a lot of zombie dicks <laughs> in my day. They're all God, necrotic. Damn. <laughs> um, they're all kind of snobby dicks about metal, but the one uh, album that it seemed like nobody was shitting on is this one, uh, Human Equation. I thought it sounded cool. 
And I was like, well, if, if no one's really shitting on that one, I'm probably going to have to check it out. Everyone was just giving it respect, you know? So Thank God you did that, buddy, because I don't even know, seriously, like, where my life would be at musically if I hadn't encountered this. It's just so... It has opened a whole new world of music to me, this particular album. So it holds a nostalgic place for me, and then I went back to it, and it really does have just as strong a quality place as it does a nostalgic place. So let's get to Day 5, Voices. That's the one you were just saying you kind of always skip to. Yeah. And I understand why. It's magnificently good. Yeah, this is another Probable Top 3. I mean, I'm on the first disc. I'm already two out of my three. So <laughs> yeah, fucking- right. I'm going to backtrack and let Good luck. Early, I was going to say, you started early with saying track two's uh, up there. But I guess I guess the reason I said that is because I had an early and remaining boner over the song. Um, I love the acoustic intro. I love how it stops. You know, and then, then it comes back and it eventually goes into the strum. Just to make you wait for it a little bit. I thought it was a neat just technique. You know, just... just that to me just seems like an album that's having fun on top of taking itself seriously enough to be worth taking seriously, but it also is having fun, you know. And you're back and, um, in, and you're back inside his head. Yeah. Pride is singing to yeah. him. He's singing back to Pride, and then reason comes in. Then love comes in. Then fear, mm-hmm. reason, love, fear, pride. It's all the, the assortment yep. of emotions is really synergistic too. Hell yeah, dude! Absolutely. Uh, and it's cool that he and this is an, a song where he gives Pride. You know, uh, a chance to shine. You know, you can tell he tried, he wrote this with uh, the idea to give each singer that he's bringing onto his project an opportunity to really stand out, maybe to lead a song. Which I thought was kind of cool. It, it's a guy who knows what it, he knows how to manage. This is his this is almost his managerial uh, prowess too. I think a little bit in this album, but it, in this song too, um, because he he knows. You know, he, he I'm sure he offered them that. I'm sure he thought of that. And so he, I guess he knew he knew what to do to get these people to come on. Anyway, fucking amazing song. Pride kicks ass. They play this on a cruise, which yeah. is a welcome fucking ambiance. When you're just walking around, this is Magnus Ekwall. And I'm embarrassed to say I don't know his primary uh, band or where he's from. Would you mind pulling that up for us and see? Cause Let's look him up. Magnus. E-K-W-A-L-L. I can't say that I've branched off into his stuff and I don't know why because he's got a great voice okay this guy and um oh they have a they have a little uh bio on Arden Lucas's main site da, da, da. hit me with it frontman it's a, the quill that's what band he's from okay I'll have to check the them out Q-U-I-L-L yeah yeah oh I have a whole, a whole interview on him I guess I don't want to get. I guess I don't want to go diverge too much here. But yes, it's, so that he's from the Quill. Uh, basically, he's like, I have a boner for Arian. I'll do everything Arian. I'm in love with Arian. Sounds like That's an interview says. of me or you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So the Quill. I don't know much about that. I've never heard of them. Uh, I'm trying to find them a little bit. But yeah, probably just, just Swedish stoner rock band by singer Magnus Ekwall. You got me. I'm on. I'm on board. I love everything that's coming out of Sweden. Oh, yeah. And I like, I'll take a little stoner. I got no problem with stoner rock. Yeah, man. Shit, we had friggin' uh, King Buffalo on here for interview. And Hell, yeah. Love those guys. Shout out to Sean. All right. Yeah, hey, uh, let's go over to Day 6 Childhood because this is one of my boner ones. I love this song. Oh, yeah. No, no shame having a boner for this one. 
Agony starts out, you're alone in your bedroom, hiding from the world, staring at the ceiling, and then he's just basically lamenting that his dad bolted on the family, which, you know, that cut deep. And Absolutely, it, no, they don't want you. Yeah, that sense of abandonment you and just shame. Yep, fucking terrible. Um, but yeah, so the, it's a classic, uh, not classic, but you know, something we've seen before in terms of broken home, kid feeling kind of worthless. Um, so that's terrible. Um, but that guy's nailing it. So wounded. That's such soul in that guy's voice. Perfectly said about the woundedness. It's just like, you're right, it's just a wounded sound. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I, lo I love uh, the, the tonality of this song, too, for the subject matter. I don't know how Aryan nailed that you could make a song that sounds this sad and confused, but also, like, it moves somewhere, but he pulled it off, man. I... I wonder, I, I guess we kind of blew that interview with him. I'd love to know, does he storyboard this stuff out? Because it doesn't seem like you could just get started. You'd have to have this thing completely worked out, top to bottom, before you start recording it. In some, I mean, that's what it feels like. I think he did. I think he had to have. I don't say there's any other way. You couldn't just kind of evolve as it goes along. There's too much. Exactly. Because it's like, yeah, you, you, you mess, you Talk with one thing, and then it's got this domino effect on your whole album. You don't yeah. want to constantly deal with that. No, ironing out those problems. No, it's you like making had to a have movie. The whole thing out. And that's probably why there's yeah. so few of these bands. I mean, it's like him and Avantasia are pretty much the only rock operas that I can think of where they're doing this stuff. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass. Probably, I mean, really. Yeah, probably. I mean, for lack of a better term. This for me, uh, this for me, Phil, is the stretch where I first was like, okay, I'm sold. You know, where you just kind of throw your hands up and go, and you push yourself away from the table like, okay, this is the best meal I've ever eaten. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> when you get to that place. For uh, tracks, sure, yeah. tracks six, seven, and eight in succession, and then almost, and then really even into nine, That's that run got me where I was like, well, this is... The first five tracks were really cool, but then six, seven, eight, nine came around. I was like, well, this is even better, though. How did that happen? Yeah, absolutely. I I feel that. Um, I don't know what that moment was for me, but I don't know. I, I, I was could, it I just, I was it know. right here when hope, when this sound comes in on hope? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I've ever heard a more uplifting sound in any song. Uh, yeah, that's one of the happiest trips you ever hear ever anywhere. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's that's just so happy. I don't know. If, <laughs> I just remember loving this song from the get-go. Another big, another burner right away. Uh, and it's so quick. This song's not even three minutes long. And you could listen to it a hundred times, and you'd still have a smile on your face. Yeah. I love the end, where it's like, uh, my whole world is black. Just the way that progresses. Uh and the way he says something's holding me back and he slows down. Hold me. You know? Yep. Just so, such a great emphasis. Felt so great. For, for a while, this was my favorite song. And I think it was just because of the emotionality and the connection that I had with it. But musically, I don't, it's obviously not the most impressive in terms of either number of singers or dynamic changes or anything like that. It's, it's objectively not the best song on the album. But for a while, it was my favorite. Yeah, it's a very fun catchy song man 
it's when you probably would if someone just put it randomly you would just listen to it like yeah you wouldn't really turn it off <laughs> you can't if i had it's a, enti- if, it's a classic. if i only had like two minutes to try to introduce someone to this band who was kind of into rock and roll but not really into metal stuff i would play this for them just so they could get a vibe for what it's like hell yeah let's go to day eight what do you think of day eight phil oh what a great song this song always i always expect it to be longer than it is because of how epic it is um, there's a lot that goes on in four minutes and 23 seconds. Yeah, man. Seriously. Um, it's called school. It's time to... Yep. So when you get that whole be a man, give... Uh, give what's it? Be a man. Give, give in to your hate. That, I love that part so much. And before that, it has this sort of uh, thematic or uh, theatric epic, like, war music. And then it goes into that. And I guess that's part of the reason I think it's... Such a dense song, but it's catchy as shit. Not a single boring part of it. It's you can make a case for one of the best on the album. If you told me that was in your top three, I wouldn't question it. That's why I'm I telling you, this string of this rock solid song. Six, seven, eight, and then even into nine, it was just home run after home run for me, and I was just totally sold. Like, oh well, this is my favorite album. That's the same as you were for a long time. It was my all time favorite album. And I can't yeah. I can't say that it's necessarily been dethroned like forever, but holding up here Cormorant Metazoa that really took me yeah, by the balls that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's heavyweights right there yeah buddy yep so uh, but then good. yeah god I just love the song I uh the be a man given to hate is one of my favorite parts on the album be a so I just throw that in there into the mix yep let's see here I'll read it exactly how it goes be a man give in to your hate you better learn to communicate better learn to protect yourself that's not the way to get out of this hell. And that's the competing arguments between yeah. pride and reason, pride and reason, pride and reason, which is such a yeah. cool, uh, you know, I don't know, just the visualization and the the audioization, if that's appropriate, if that's even a word, but the fact that you bring to the forefront this idea of these competing, conflicting influences in your mind and then you personify them, and sonically they battle. What a bizarre... If you just sat down and explained that to someone like that, they'd be like, well, that sounds uniquely bizarre. But then when you do it, and it comes off this cool, it's like, whoa, that was the coolest thing that anybody could think of doing. Yeah, and you know, it's, uh, that's true. But you know, and another thing I think is great about it is who he decided to represent those emotions. They have drastically different voices. Yep. Pride is high pitched and like intense and like sort of eighties rock to me. Where uh Reason's got this deep, authoritative, you know, uh I'm a, it's kinda of like David Bowie, but like a just this powerful sort of bedrock kind of voice and uh, great to hear them go at it. Yep. That, it makes me think that Aryan Lucasen maybe has listened to more music per capita, like per minute of being alive. Than anyone else on Earth because he's just. How else could you do this? It's almost like you'd have to have the deepest depth of knowledge of music and ideas mixed with a really creative brain. But anyway, I love this guy, friggin' legend. Let's go to track nine, playground, yep. instrumental, all-time classic here. I love this track. Oh I yeah. To, I used to put this on repeat all the time. It's so happy. And the sounds of the kids on the playground behind it really is just so perfect. Yeah. It just feels like being like 10 years old or whatever. And to me, I guess I had a specific memory in mind for something like subconsciously. It's like 
it's getting like your, your mom's like nearby it's getting a little bit later with the sun's coming down a little bit but it's like everything's kind of golden you know where it's something it's like a little bit chilly you got to wear your jacket but you're running around the playground and um it's like a, like a fall day basically and that's why you know it's like 5 30 in the fall I don't know. That's what this reminded me of. And there's it's nothing in that in that moment. There's nothing bad in the whole world. Oh, there's yeah. nothing bad. Yeah, nothing going on that you got to worry about. There's no now. Every time you have not every time, but so often when you're ha- you're having a good time, and there's still that little. It's like you're tethered to something. Like oh, I can't get too fucking. It, you know, too wild. Keep, keep it, it down. Keep it down. Off. Yeah, you never yeah. know when this is gonna come to a screeching halt. You're an adult. You need to keep your head on a swivel, buddy. You're yeah. fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but your kid is none of that shit. You're just goddamn. You're in a place you'll never be again. You don't even know it. And not to get too, you know, unsupportedly making John McClaims over here, but I suspect that these musicians, when they're performing, that's the sense that they're chasing. Because some of them, mm-hmm. you, you know, you think well you're really not getting paid all that much and you're working another job and you're doing this and you're traveling and you're staying up late and you're seeing people that you know you never really know and what are you doing and I think it's that exact sentiment that when they are performing they have that exact experience that everything else just goes away yep. absolutely buddy it's, it's that engrossing you know it, 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 it helps too that when you're performing you have to concentrate to the point that you can't be thinking about other yes things. but but still, but besides that, you, you have this like I love doing this so much. You know, no matter what else is going on, I have this, and that, that's enough right now. You and know what I mean? and in some very real senses, not to get too self-aggrandizing, but you and I both in our respective fields, like when I'm in trial, that's really all I'm thinking about. The whole world shuts down except for I'm focusing on everything in that trial at that moment. Every objection, every movement, every positioning of the judge, every statement, everything is just. Mm-hmm that at my most heightened level of focus and i'm sure when somebody's coding you know and you're doing life-saving maneuvers you're not thinking about anything else that's just what you're doing yeah buddy absolutely yeah the other day i had to transfer lady to hopkins and the transport crew didn't have a nurse with them they're supposed to because she's on all kind of medications to keep her blood pressure uh, low because of this crazy fucking aneurysm in her aorta anyway but i had to go because i didn't have anybody else to go and there's no doc with you you're just by yourself I got all these meds in my pocket. I'm like, oh, God. Every time they move, I'm like, please don't move. Because they're very agitated, so which would cause their blood pressure to go up, which had to be aggressively managed. But they didn't know what was going on, so of course they were agitated. And you're just like, so we just kind of knock them out with meds. Just, and I had I had sedation meds in my pocket. I'm like, I'm ready to, I'll, I'll fucking shut this motherfucker down. <laughs> I'll put you his, down like an elephant. <laughs> to, save, to save his life, I will sedate him into, into shit this stuff. But um, but keep them alive. I want to keep them alive because they get agitated. You know, their pressure goes up. It puts more pressure on where there's an uh, an aneurysm on the you know, and they'll bleed out like so badly. Anyway, I've heard so, one of the to, to your I've, point, yes. I've heard one of the best ways to reduce the blood pressure of a critically ill person is to just shout, "Calm down, calm yeah, down!" Yeah. Yeah. You want to fucking die? Is that what you want? <laughs> uh, uh, that's what's going on in your head. Every time they move, I'm like, "Don't you fucking do it." I got all the, I got enough meds in my pocket to put you, you know, to keep you down. I'll put you in a fucking coma, but you will live. <laughs> no, I, I didn't do anything like that. No meds were given or necessary, thank God. But it could have easily. Yeah. We got there like, we had to get transferred to Hopkins, so we got in the Baltimore to fucking potholes were, you know, a plenty. And so they were, and so they fucking started waking up. I'm like, that's great. 
you know, it's another goddamn thing. Shitty Baltimore's <laughs> dealing to people. Anyway. Are we driving? Anyway, Dri- driver, are we in inner city Baghdad or is this an American yeah. street? I am sure there are stretches uh, in Baghdad. Uh, you know, there's the main street. You know, even during the height of like, 2005, you know, just the height of everything that was that were better than that. That was horrible. All right, well, we're, we're, we're in the home stretch of disc one here. Day 10, memories, real catchy little riff right here. Fuck you. Continuing on with that stretch of just uplift, you know? It feels like if I were parasailing for the first time over a cliff and wind was, like, lifting my, yeah. you know, whatever that thing is called, parasail, I would, to yeah. this sound. You know what? This, this riff is, I'm going to use this word unironically, radical. <laughs> You're fucking radical. You hang gliding is exactly what I would think of. Yes. Or parasailing or whatever. Hang gliding is a better word. I was I was thinking of like jumping yeah. off a cliff with like a hang gliding thing and like a strong wind hitting the rock face and taking yeah. me up. That's what I want to hear. Hell yeah, dude. You got you got cool shades on. Yes. You're so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, that's that is exactly what I feel when I hear that. Word. I'm wearing like a and bright just, neon, like pink 1980s leotard as I'm just rocking yeah. that. Absolutely, buddy. Um, yeah. So it's just a a big stroll through nostalgia. But then it drops, and then you hear Reason just come with this low, low. Can you feel her warmth glowing on your skin? Don't repress the memories. Let them all in. It's masterful. Yeah. That's There's no way to describe this album other than masterful. Yeah, that's true. He brings you back down. He's like, which transitions you into day... some shit out. Which, exactly, which transitions you perfectly into Day 11 Love, which is, I don't know, man, maybe the best one on the album. I don't know if you'll get... Oh, buddy. I don't know if I agree, but it's a great song. Yeah, no problem. Uh, well, I'm not going to call you crazy, no matter what song you pick. I don't think it's my favorite, yeah. but it's maybe musically the best because there's so much going on. Oh, I see. So, yeah, what do you feel? What do you think or feel like it sounds like that opening riff? What, what style of music? That sounds like a country song to me. I always thought it sounded like a country song. On this song, number 11? Yeah. Let's listen to it again. Well, you got a really strong folk kind of influence yeah. here. True. Which. I don't know. I'd call this like a folk metal classic right here. And then when the guitar comes in, this is, I don't know, quintessential prog at this point for me. Yeah, and um, just the, okay, so the, the background music, just listen to that. It's so, it's so, uh, it feels like a dance. Yes. It feels like a, like a play and a dance. Well, it sounds like they're at a dance. When when he's saying oh, that, there she true. was that's out of the yeah, yeah there she was that's out of the blue like he saw her for the first time, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, you're right. So okay, then it sets the stage really well. Yes. And just let you, and then agony chorus. Remember your father. Oh yeah, that's right. It does a great job of sort of agony in there. It's like that tether we were talking about. He's having this great time, and he's still got this agony in the back of his mind. Talked about how basically your life shitty, was shitty, it probably was a little bit, blah, 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 and this isn't going to work, and all that. Um, you know, just it, having it perfectly captures what we were talking about earlier. You're not a kid. You're, you're always having that fucking bag. Yep. 
that self-doubt oh, yeah. kind of feeling, you know? I mean, that, that subconsciousness, yeah. it's all there. And the way he describes that and portrays it is such a mature thing. I think one of the best things for Arjen Lucasen was he started this at 35. You know when he told us that on the interview? And yeah, that was a lot. It was amazing to me, but you know, I can see why, because the albums are all so mature. Like, the feelings and emotions that you've thought through, you and I, I'm sure you've had this experience, we haven't discussed it, but I'm sure you've had the experience where you've come to reflect on so many things in your life at this age that you didn't appreciate just five years ago. And then all of a sudden you have these like overwhelming recognitions of all kinds of I think rather deep things that you just think to yourself, well, I guess I've lived a long time to not ever think about that. And he had, and so when he's making this at, I guess, you know, a 40 year old or a 45 year old man, it's so much more mature. The, the, the thought process, it's not like an 18 year old getting on stage screaming about carving somebody into pieces like metal. Yeah. Tends no, to be. Absolutely. No, completely. This, there's a, there's a life experience in these, yes. in this, uh, these lyrics and, what are you saying and, what are you, and why are you saying it? Absolutely. Right. Much more succinctly said. Well, this is... No, I, I hear you, man. This is the last track on uh, on the first disc. And then we get into... We have eight more songs. Days 12 through... No, nine more. Days 12 through 20. Um, and we will do that on the next episode. Is there anything else you want to mention about this album at, at whole or any particular song or anything at all? Um... No, I don't think I, I just want. Uh, if if we're act, if people are listening to us, if there's someone listening to us right now that passes, you know, in passing heard of this band, this project, to not emphasize to you enough, this is besides Cormorant, probably this is probably better than anything we're going to tell you to review. I mean, maybe, and yeah. at least up, at least stands up to it for sure. So seriously, check it out. That's that's probably not the only thing I need to say. Yep, and the only thing I would go on to say is please do everything in your power to go out and buy The Theater Equation by Arion, which was the 2016 oh, yeah. project where... I know it was in, I think it was in 2015 they recorded it live. I have the physical DVDs, and my kids and I have watched them a couple times where they perform this album live with actors and they're in a theatrical manner. And it's just so cool. It is just so cool. And it makes these songs take on a whole new level. And I love that. I love that DVD. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is amazing. So, okay. I think we said what we need to say. I'm excited to do the next part. There's, there's some serious bangers on that. And it's a little bit different. I, I don't know. I want to say it's heavier. But, but it's a little bit different. I uh, think it's darker. Okay. The, okay, yeah, the I, first I disc is really uplifting. It's the wind in your sails from tracks, f even I'm almost even at four, but five and, and then specifically six up through eleven is just kind of like an upswing, with downtrodden p moments. Whereas there's some darker shit on the back on twelve through twenty, in my opinion. Yeah, there is. That's true. It's all about the, the shit that happened with his, his buddy. So and his dad. Harsh feeling. Yep. So, That's true. Always a banger about his dad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So many more great things to come about this album, and uh, undoubtedly it maintains its position as in the very tip-top of the Arion catalog. So until next time, go out and get the theater equation. Check out the first 
11 tracks on that and the human equation. And then we will see you next time. Phil, as always, brother, you are the man. All right, you're the man, buddy.